What is up, DMV Hoops fans? Welcome to another Believe in DMV Hoops podcast. I've got the great coach Steve Turner joining me here today. Uh, Steve, you're as good as it gets for for high school basketball, not just in this area, but honestly, nationally, I think your resume holds up with anybody. So thank you for coming on here and joining us and, and talking about just DMV basketball overall. Well, Matt, I appreciate you for having me. And it's, it's my pleasure to, to be on the podcast with you today. Uh, before we get going, we got to pay the bills and all that stuff. So this episode is brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their hard uh, iced teas, lemonades, surf sides. They're all delicious. And uh, it's that time of year. Still hot enough out for everybody to, to go get one while they're listening to this podcast. We're also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, UFC, tennis, more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest, easy, the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website and use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, now that we got that out of the way, let's get to the good stuff here, basketball. Coach, uh, you've been in Gonzaga for 20-plus years at this point, right? That's so impressive this, <laughs> Impressive this, enough. As I like to say, this is my quarter of a century year. That's amazing. Uh, this is my 25th year here at Gonzaga, and this will be my 20th season as the head coach. That's that's incredible. I, I think just longevity in general is is tougher to pull off these days, and you see you guys moving around a lot. So to be able to do that uh, is impressive. But the record during that time equally if, as impressive, if not more so, uh, four hundred and forty and one hundred and sixty five during that time. You're a five time WCAC Coach of the Year, Capital Classic DMV Coach of the Year in 2016-2017, Gatorade National Coach of the Year in 2016-17. USA Today DC Coach of the Year in 1617 and 1819, Washington Post All Met Coach of the Year in 1819, and the Washington Post DC Coach of the Year in 07, 08. Uh, first of all, I'm out of breath just reading off all those accolades. Um, is that ever something that you just stop and think about, like how successful you've been able to be at you know at, at this one place? And just, I mean, that's a hell of a resume right there. I, I don't think of it in in those terms. I, I would just say that I've, I I have been blessed to be able to be at one place for as long as I've been. And I certainly owe that to the the people who uh, who trust and believe in me to and have entrusted me in the young men who are here on I Street. And I've never made this coaching thing be about me. It's always been about the kids. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I hear that and certainly I'm flattered by it. But but it's not what defines me as a coach and and certainly a person who's involved in the lives of, of, of the youth of tomorrow. Um, it's really about serving serving the young men and, and doing everything I can in my power. I'm um, using basketball really as a vehicle um, to give those guys an opportunity to take advantage of one, being here at Gonzaga and getting an unbelievable education and being the best student athlete that they can be, but allowing that little orange or brown, depending on which which, which brand you use on, on what nights, um, little little basketball to have these guys take advantage of using it to get to to bigger and better places and allowing them to set up as i like to say that that four years to set up the next 40 and and if they can take advantage of the things that they get from here at gonzaga playing basketball but 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 getting the best education they can get to go on to other places and set up their life then, then i then i look at those um walking trophies as i like to call them um is is I'm, I'm doing my job and that's as you see, I didn't talk about any championships or what the record is. Those things come from it because of having young men that come here and work the tails off, that trust and believe in the philosophy that me and my coaches are implementing within our program. But even more 
more important is that they believe in who this school is as an institution that allows them and, and helps to nurture them and, and grow as young men. It's a lot of responsibility at your level to not just make sure that these guys are succeeding on the basketball court, but also are succeeding in the classroom and outside of the classroom, but also that you're preparing them to be able to be successful at the college level. And, and we'll get to it later, but you've had a number of players that are extremely successful on the highest levels of, you know, division one power five schools. It, it just, um, that's gotta be a lot to juggle, I guess, sort of what's the split and how do you balance sort of all those different, um, you know, things and priorities for, for kids and, and trying to make them the most successful across the board? Well, I like to say that, you know, the first thing that they did, they, they made a choice to come to Gonzaga and certainly get into Gonzaga because mm-hmm. they, they can handle the workload academically. Yep. Like you got to be able to do that first before we can even talk about the court. Mm-hmm. So I have to be very selective in the kids that I'm recruiting that, that I, that I think could be a great fit for us um, in terms of the whole. I think that's who we are is the greatest of the whole. And that whole is the student athlete that, that has to represent himself and his family in the classroom and then, and then on the court. Um, but, but, but how, how, how you balance it is that I think they're at a place where they're, they're with other young men who are like-minded. Um, and so they're challenged and pushed just as hard in the classroom as, as I push them on the court to be the best version of themselves as, as, a, as a basketball player. So when you surround yourself with people who have the same, who are going through like, like, like experiences and have the same like-minded ability, I think that's where the balance comes in and they understand that they've got to be able to do this to be able to have that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, with the FIBA stuff going on right now and Team USA playing, uh, you've coached on several of those teams at, at different age groups. I guess, can you just talk a little bit about what that experience is like? And I'll say that's probably another really great honor to be able to be associated with, you know, representing your country and helping these kids represent their country. I mean, Matt, you said it, said it you could have said it any better. And, and that is that I don't believe there's anything in this world that's, that could be greater than being able to represent um, your country. <clears throat> and there's only, there's really only a couple places that you, that you get that opportunity to really do that against the world, I guess is the way I would say it. And that's, that's serving in the military or having an opportunity to be a part of a USA sport. And mm-hmm. for me, that sport happens to be basketball. And I've been blessed with an opportunity to coach some of the best U16 and U17 players in the world. Um, and in a, along with even more importantly, working alongside some of the best minds that we have in, in the basketball game at, at, at any at any level. Um, the, the guys that I get to work with through USA Basketball, which is led by some unbelievable people and, and uh, Coach Don Shaw Walters and, and, and Sean Ford. Um, they, they do a great job year in and year out finding the best coaches in, 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 in our, in, in, at, that, at our level to be able to uh, have us coach and, and, and help continue to grow the game, but doing it with high level, high quality um, athletes at, at, at the high school level. I think so much of coaching and being successful at it is probably networking with the right people, lifting little pieces from other coaches and, and figuring out what works for you and, and just being able to, to grow and adjust as the game changes. I got to imagine Team USA is probably like the ultimate coaching clinic, you know, being able to steal stuff from people all over the world, but just also other, uh, you know, coaches at, at your level that maybe you don't get to interact with a whole lot. No, there's no doubt. And I, and I think that's one of the things that I've always said. Every opportunity that I get when I go to camps and then, you know, the, the past couple of summers being able to coach abroad, um, 
if I don't bring, if I'm not doing anything where I'm learning mm-hmm. as well as, as well as giving, um, but learning to be able to come back and give to my guys then I've said, I've failed myself. And I can tell you right now, every experience that I've had there with USA basketball at our training camps and our mini camps, I feel like I've always been able to bring something home to share and, and, and implement within to my program. I mean, I, I think the reason why I've been able to be at a place like Gonzaga for 25 years is that I've never stayed stagnant. I, I never got complacent. Um, I've held my, you know, we all got some type of ego, but I keep my ego in check. I'm very humble. I and I and I just try to do whatever I can do to learn so I can continue to serve my guys the best way that I can. And that's a great answer. Um, in 2007, 2008, you guys finished fourth in the country in ESPN's poll uh, and, and Sports Illustrated's number one in the country for Hoops USA's national uh, poll at the end of the year, number 10 for USA Today's final poll. I guess what has to come together for a team to be like that kind of successful, like that that level of of, of national success, I guess? Um, I mean, you got to put together. I mean, you got to have Johnny and Joe's. Sure. <laughs> goes a long way, I'm sure. <laughs> that goes a long way first. Yeah. But but you also got to have a group of young men who who, you know, believe in and they're committed to um, your standards, um, your culture. Uh, and, and and at the end of the day, that they're all willing to play for something greater than themselves. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that group in, in 07, 08, uh, 34 and 1, it's the best record in our school's history. That group didn't care about anything but winning. And it didn't matter who was getting the accolades. It didn't matter who put up the most numbers in the game. It was all about let's go, let's go complete the trifecta. And the mm-hmm. trifecta at that time for us had been winning the WCAC championship, <clears throat> going on and winning the DC city title, and then completing the trifactor by going to um, one of the most unbelievable uh, end of the year season events at the ACIT, the Alhambra Catholic Invitational, which I have to say um, just came out a week ago that that event is ended right now and they're going to oh, take okay. a stop and hiatus. So saddened that that's not going to be yeah. an op- something that my team this year has an opportunity to chase, but I'm hoping that they will be able to figure things out and, and get it back. But again, that team um, exemplified what it meant to be able to play for something bigger than yourself. And you look back at where they all are, you know, all those guys are doing some unbelievable and incredible things in their walk of life. Some are still playing, uh, some are coaching, some are, most of them are somewhat in somewhere in the business world. They're getting married, they're having kids. Um, and, and I'm certainly proud of each and every one of those young men who were who were part of that team that that had a special year at Gonzaga and have continued to be guys who who were part of making Gonzaga great. Oh, oh, seven, oh, eight doesn't seem like that long ago, but it's it's a pretty decent chunk of time here. I think the world is kind of different. Kids are kind of different. How is like how has your coaching style or philosophy changed from then to now? I'm assuming you can't coach kids the exact same way. So how have you had to? adjust your process to, to account for that? Well, uh, that comes with not being stagnant and, and and not being complacent to maybe your core values that you had at the time. You've got to be able to move with the times. You look at, at all levels, the game just changed. You know, you, you, you have the debate at, at the NBA level, who the GOAT is, LeBron or, or, or MJ, and they played in t- totally different eras in style of play. I mean, Mike played under, they could beat him up and throw him to the ground and spit on him and step on him and, and try to 
try to destroy him, and he figured out how to to avoid that. LeBron has played, and I think it's a softer uh, game that wants to be all about scoring. Um, so everyone's had to adjust. Like the NBA players have had to adjust. The college game right now, we know all these the college basketballs having to make a change just because of another sports dictating the change college football and the landscape of changing conferences and all those different things. So at the high school level, I would say for me, it's just been paying attention to what's coming ahead. Um, trying to, trying to, trying to beat it and meet it before, before it gets there. And then you're trying to figure it out. And, you know, I, I would say I'm still able to coach my guys hard and tough, mm-hmm. but, but compared to probably when I was playing, I have to do a lot more hugging and loving. And, and, and I would say the other part is, which makes it really tough. Some people aren't going to hear this, but I'm going to speak my truth is, is, is you're also coaching parents to a certain degree, because there's, I think right now in today's society, there's a over involvement uh, from us. And I, and I speak to it. I got two kids too, so I'm not, I, I can be guilty of it as well. But I've tried my best to stay out of other coaches' way when they're coaching my children. But we want everything to be perfect for our kids right now. And I feel like we sometimes we're doing them an injustice because the greatest things that have ever happened and the greatest things that have ever happened to people have happened after adversity. And I see, feel like right now in today's society, we try too hard to avoid adversity for our kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you hear the term – we got us. It's it's a lot softer, you know. I don't know that it's totally that, but but I do believe we've got a lot of families and parents now that try to live vicariously through their kids, and don't want to see their kids fail or not have success. And I get that. I feel that same way, but I also understand, and, and I'm in a position to understand that the greatest things come through adversity, and sometimes our kids need to hit a bump in the road so that they can figure it out. And at some point, we're not going to be here for them. So we, we need to know that they're going to be able to fend for themselves um, and handle themselves and certainly pass down to the next generation um, of the, you know, that that'll be their kids <clears throat> so that they can survive in this crazy world we live in. I wrestle with this just as a college basketball fan with the transfer portal. I, I think sometimes it would be good for kids to have to stick it out, but also there are probably some situations where it would be in everybody's best interest to move on and, and the kid not be penalized for that. For you all at your level, you've basically had transfers, you know, for forever. How do you convince a kid that, hey, maybe you didn't get the playing time you wanted this year, but trust us, stick it out. This will be better for you long term. Work on your game. I, I got to imagine that's a big factor in this for you all is like letting kids kind of grow into the right role and things like that. I think that's why you have to vet the, the, the families, mm-hmm. not just the. I mean, you got to vet the player to see if one, he's he's, he's the right fit for you and your program. You also got to vet the family to understand, and, and, and you got to be honest with them. That you know, I think sometimes there's some guys in this game that just aren't honest with people, mm-hmm. and and if you if you're honest, I think you'll have situations where kids will hit that hit that brick wall and and understand that you know what I'm willing to stick this out and fight because this is what I truly believe in. I'm at a right I'm at the right place for me. I've been blessed. I haven't had a lot of transfers knock on wood. Um, you know, couple couple in, and and usually those have been guys who for the most part have been, they had maybe a older brother than went here mm-hmm. and they decided that, you know, the families decided at the end, like this probably was the better place for them and they may have transferred in, you know? Um, but again, I, I think you just have to, you have to build a relationship with the people that you're bringing into your home. 
mm-hmm. because you want them to always believe that this is their home too. Yeah. And, and if you do those things, I, I think you can avoid having kids moving in and out. College level, they open Pandora's box and, yeah. and, and they can't turn it back. And it's not just the portal, it's the NIL. Yeah, you know, sure. it, it, it's everyone's chasing the now versus what I like to say is short game costs you, will get yeah. you in trouble. You know, long game gives you opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to be successful in life. And I think we've put some things in place at the, at the college level, which is trickling down to the high school level. But it's it's teaching kids the short game and how to not fight through adversity, which goes back to what I said earlier. I think it kind of creates a little bit of a soft, softer environment. Yeah. And, yeah, sure. and and unfortunately, it's 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 where we are. I think if you're not trying to do things to figure it out so that you can make sure that kids stay in their homes and stay with you. And, and, and I, and I think the other part is you gotta be honest too, because some of this is not just on the kids. Oh yeah. There there are coaches who are telling them and feeding them that this is the next best thing since sliced bread. And then when adversity hits, they, they move too. like, Mm -hmm. like they're they're jumping, they're jumping too. So I don't know how we could fix it. I hope that, you know, you see a little bit of a change because I think it's hurting the high school kid, you oh, know, for sure. Because now guys are deciding that, Hey, they're afterthoughts. A lot of the time I need, I need to, I need to hold my job. Mm-hmm. I can hold my job better with, with someone who's older and maybe more mature mm-hmm. and has gone through some things versus the high school kid who didn't. Yeah. So for me, it, it's now it's different for me in terms of how I got to deal with our kids and their recruitment, because you, you got to almost jump on what's really good for you right away. Or you could miss out on, a, on an unbelievable opportunity because when you get to the spring after season for us now, those guys are seeing what they don't have. They're probably not coming to get a high school kid. They right. realize they're somewhere maybe near the end of their contract and they're trying to either get read up or put themselves in a position to, to get the next job. They're going to go after they're going to go after men versus versus mm-hmm. boys. And so everyone's got to be smart in this. And I hope that I can continue to just educate parents and families um, on the process now because it's totally different. And if you're not prepared for it, your kid could be left behind. I would imagine your role as a voice in their ear pushing them in the right direction is probably even more important now than it was, you know, 10 years ago, because just because of that, you have the track record to back up when you're saying these things that, hey, you know, this might be more NIL money at one school in the short term, but is that the best place for you to be successful long-term? And, and it's probably hard to see, you know, the forest through the trees um, for a lot of these kids, especially when, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of, you know, six digit numbers attached to, to some of these situations. Um, I guess the two and three star kids are probably the ones I think are the most negatively impacted by this. If, if you're, you know, a fringe McDonald's all American, people are still going to come recruit you no matter yeah. what, but, I would imagine a lot more of your kids are going the prep school route or the junior college route than they ever were before. Just because of that, they've got to find a home and well, college kids aren't looking at that as much. I'll say this. I, I think I'm in a unique situation compared to most. Okay. We don't ever get any Juco kids going oh, to gotcha. college. Okay. And, but what I, what I am seeing now that, that kids are now having to think about a level down. Hmm. Um, and typically because of our academics here, okay. our kids who are, who are really good, they're going to go division one, sure. or they're going to make the choice to go to division three to a high academia place that, that, that would rival an Ivy league school. That so fortunately, knock again, knock on wood. I, I've been lucky that 
we haven't had that issue of kids having to, to think the prep school route or, mm-hmm. or think the, you know, think, think a JUCO route. Um, so, uh, I'll, again, I'll say I'm just blessed in that th- thus far, but I, but I can see that changing. I mean, it, it's inevitable. Um, so I'm just trying to educate folks on, you know, don't just try to wait for your wish list. Recognize who really, really respects and loves you for who you are. And that that probably is the best situation for you. Uh, you've got a young man right now. Nick Lewis uh, is, a, I believe, at least a four star recruit, right? Maybe that even uh, changes over the next year or so here. As a Maryland alum, I selfishly hope he at least strongly uh, considers my alma mater there. But how involved are you in that process for someone like Nick? Like, what's really your role with someone like that that's getting all these big offers from from you know high major schools and, and things like that? You know, just again, in getting the parents and the kid to understand because it's not my process. I, I could tell you, twenty five years, I've never told any one of my players where I thought they should go. Mm-hmm. But what I've always been able to do is just educate them on the little things. Hey, a coach's contract, how much long questions that right. they should ask when they go in and meet with these coaches and, and and they're trying to figure out what's right for them. You know, I just try to get the kids to to be more involved in the process because sometimes they'll get in these meetings and I've had it with me. And they're very quiet and it's the parent doing all the talking sure. and the person that has to live it is going to be the young man. So I, I try my best to just help the family understand any and everything that they need to know as it pertains to recruiting and just try to be a springboard because I, you know, if it doesn't go well for a young man somewhere, I want to be their first call. I want to be the one that they call and say, Hey coach, this isn't going well. All right, well, let's sit back down and talk about, all right, why is it going well? You know, before you think about leaving, is this something that's manageable and fixable? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, And remembering that, Hey, this is a choice you made. Yep. You might want to at least try to stick it out and fight through it. Sure. Now, if it's unbearable to stick out and fight through it, then I want to be the one that's there for them that they trust and believe in. And then I look at me saying, "Oh, well, Coach Turner told me to go to this school, and I'm blaming him. I'm not going to be the scapegoat um, because because I've, I've I've done it. I have my degree. I, I went to college. <laughs> I, I made my choice, um, and, and and I lived it. And I think that's what all the kids should have to do. Is 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 I know that their parents went through it too, so. For being in the process, really just being the educator. You know, I've had a couple young men who single parent homes where I where I did become a little more of the dad in the, in the equation. But even in those, I still didn't tell them where I thought they should go. I gave them my pros and cons between all the schools that they were choosing from and, and allowed them to make a choice that they felt was best for them. Sounds like helping people ask the right questions, being as informed, giving them kind of full context on things is, is probably the most important piece of that. And just for any of these kids, maybe they have a sibling or something who's gone through the process, but but you have you know twenty five years of of feedback from kids on what works, what doesn't work, and you know the types of kid you've had, and maybe what kind of thing suits them better, and and what kind of system or coach. I would imagine that that's invaluable feedback for these young men to have. I, I think it is, and I, I certainly hope it is. Um, I I feel like it's been um, as as you know. I'll be honest. I I don't even have a lot of college guys who've played for me that have really transfer. I think mm-hmm. the most I've had was was this year and they were just unique situations. Some of it was coaching change, um, you know, or or potential just really needing a new environment. Someone like Nick whose recruitment is is still open, like how do you kind of help them 
tune that sort of thing out and focus on just the stuff in front of them and continuing to grow and get better? Is that a challenge? I got to imagine there's social media and things like that. Now there's, there's more, uh, you know, attention pushed their way. Uh, well, I, I mean, I do, I do the same things that I did when there wasn't like, you go back to the 018, there wasn't social media at that time. Sure. So it, it, I just try to keep them, you know, focused and, and blinders up with let's just continue to work on being the best version of Nick Lewis that we can be, or, or Derek Dix or any, you know, any of the guys that play for me, Blake Harper, just let's be, let's focus on that. Cause if you do those things, you're going to, you're going to open a lot of doors and give yourself a lot of opportunities. And when we got to get to a point of some decision-making, then it's bringing the family in and us having some, some, some hard talks and, 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 and breaking down the programs that are recruiting them and, and, and then go from there. But I think, my big thing for them is just trying to get them to understand, like, this thing can be stressful, but let's enjoy the process. Let's not make it make it be something that's 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 not enjoyable. This should, mm-hmm. this is something that's pretty special that you've earned and you've done all the hard work to put yourself in that place. So let's let's make sure that the process is something that can be enjoyable. So I don't really talk about the recruiting piece too hard when we're in the midst of things that we're doing um, until they really have to be talked about when it's time to start trying to make a decision. That makes sense. Um, you mentioned being a father yourself, but you also coached your son, Jared, who's now at Northeastern. Uh, good school and a good place to play. So congrats on on helping him get to that level as well. And congrats to him on on, on getting that far. And Thank hopefully you. he's getting ready to have a good year. Uh, I guess, how hard is that to coach uh, your own son and and juggle that with the the other players and all those things? Is, is that a tough, um, was that a tough aspect, I guess? Tough in that, my son got hated on. As <laughs> coach's son, it's coach's son. Yeah. Um, I, I think some some for those who just aren't lovers of Gonzaga, um, and 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 I think people who've hated on me for my success, um, and some jealousy, and he he took the brunt for 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 that, not 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 and not really deserving. He didn't deserve to have it, but but I will say this: he was resilient. He's a tough kid. He got a great heart and he figured it out. And I never gave it to him. You know, simplest thing would have been freshman year. All right, you're on varsity. You play, you're my son. You play you the minutes. No, I made him after Ernest Key. He played JV as a freshman and he's probably one of the best shooters in our school that year. Physically, maybe not ready or mature enough. And I, and I thought he needed to walk his own path. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to, no different than I do with any other kids, I treat him on the court. As I would treat my players, as as what I do with my players, when they're off the court, I treat them like they're my sons. Yeah. I hug, I kick them and push them as hard as I can, but I'm going to hug on them and love on them. So I, I've kept that balance, and I think being able to have boys who play sports um, in my own household, uh, it it has actually helped me be a better coach mm-hmm. um, in terms of understanding those things, and and so the commitment I've always ever given. And promise that the only promise I've ever given to any family coming in my door is that I would treat their kid no different than I would treat my own two boys. And never been a promise of playing time, never been a promise of level, just the promise of helping be that third or second, whatever parent I am in their life or adult in their life, that I would I would help my do my part in making them become the best version of themselves they can be. You know, I I tell parents this all the time. Once they walk in my door, for four years, 
I spend more time with your child than you do. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I, I hold myself to a standard that, that makes that, that, that I want them to understand and know, not even make them believe, but know that I'm going to do everything in my power to, to give them in a day or during a day when they're with me, um, what you would do if they were just sitting at home with you. And that, and that is to make sure that they walk out of here, um, as they walk in here as boys, but walk out of here and head to college as young men that can fend and handle themselves. And so those kids don't just become my players. They become my family. I would imagine, uh, you know, Jared's games right now, this upcoming year are probably overlapping with a busy part of the year for you. Is that tough to not be able to get to see as many of his games as you would probably like? Honestly, I'm blessed. And I had to give hats off to this conference. Their schedule down here locally a lot. One is most of the teams in their league are drivable, but two, their conference, especially when you get the conference play and we're in conference play, Mm -hmm. we typically play Tuesdays, Fridays, and every now and then we have a three day week where it might be Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Sure. Well, their league is Thursday, Saturdays. Nice. There you go. So never really going to get to go to a Thursday game, but can walk out of practice and turn my computer on and watch the whole game. Yeah, that's nice. But a Saturday game, we usually take we have to have a one day off a week. So Saturday is just typically my day off, especially awesome. on the Tuesday, Friday week. And so I could literally be at O'Connell on a Friday night and they could be playing at William and Mary on Saturday, That's leave perfect. O'Connell right after the game, get into a hotel at midnight and and wake up, see him play, know that my guys have an off day, drive back home that night, have practice with my guys on Sunday morning. So I've been blessed that their schedule really works with our league schedule. So I've had an opportunity to see him play, you know, last year as a freshman, uh, a lot more than I even thought I would and expect to have a lot more of that the same this year as in his sophomore year. Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, We got a question in the chat here. It never makes no sense. Uh, Said, can we ask you about coach Patrick Behan, um, who's obviously going through a tough time right now and just stepped down. And then some of the other, WCAC coaches, I think that's a good segue into where I wanted to go next with just, I think for my money, you coach in the toughest basketball league in the country, if not the toughest, as tough as any. Um, Can you just talk a little bit about that and the other schools in the league and just what that's like on a nightly basis, knowing that you guys go through the gauntlet playing these other teams and, um, you know, maybe some about the the other coaches that that you get to coach alongside? Well, I can start off with Pat first. I had a chance to coach Pat. So... I was coaching an AAU organization in DC Blue Devils mm-hmm. um, when I got out of college that was run by at the time my stepdad. And so Pat was Pat played in that in that organization. So I've known Pat since he was a player and he was a heck of a player. Um and 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 unfortunately I'm not gonna get a chance to to coach against him this year and maybe ever again. But I was for my rival school, <laughs> I mean, Gonzaga and St. John's are the oldest high school rivalry in the country. Um, but to be able to see him achieve what he did last year with his team going through and battling what he's battling right now, um, as I've told others, and I take my hats off to him. And I really take my hats off to the young men who played for him because they were definitely an example, as I've talked about and I said earlier, like my 07 08 team, they played for something greater than themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was divine intervention. They were, they were destined last year with how they handled themselves, how they handled the situation, um, the coaching staff that worked with Pat and the things that they were able to do to make sure Pat was in the best position to be able to 
be the best version of himself. And I, I, I it was special to watch from from afar. You know, certainly every year we want to win it. They took us down in the semis in a one point game. I would have loved to gotten back to a to chance to winning another championship. But if someone else had to win it outside of me, he he he, he was there was nobody more deserving than Pat and, the, and that group of young men at uh, SJC. Um, for me, uh, iron sharpens iron. I've been able to coach against some some of the some great high school coaches in this league. And I say it all the time. I think some people underestimate, you know, they, they hear of the Gonzagas, the PBIs, the, the, the Mathas, the St. John's. I mean, traditionally and certainly over the last decade that those have been the premier groups in our league. But what they don't understand is night in and night out, the next tier. Coach, it's not much drop off. There's no drop off. There's, there's no gimme night. People yeah. will say, oh, you're going to do this or you're going to do that against such and such. I'll be honest with you. I have an easier time being relaxed against the top of our half of our league sure. versus the bottom half because there's some unbelievable coaches. I think there's one guy who I thought never got the credit he deserved, and he's no longer coaching our league, but that that, that was over at um at, at Bishop Ireton. And 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 I and I thought he was arguably one one of the, one of the best coaches in our league. And uh, and and you know, just never had the same type of talent mm-hmm. that the rest of the teams in our league had. But night in and night out, man. Uh, Neil Berkman coach team was, was tough to go against, especially at his place. Um, and we have a lot more coaches like that through some of the other teams in our league. So night in and night out, if you're not ready and don't have your team prepared to one, understand like there are no gimmies. Um, you, you could, you could take an L real quick to someone that you don't think you're supposed to, or that, or the, or I should say that your fans don't think you're supposed exactly. to. Yep. Um, and, and so I, I know that, I've been able to become better as a coach every year, being able to coach in this league where night in and night out, I coach against some of the best minds in the in the high school game and, and also in the country. You've got to be able to up your game or you're you know, not going to stick around very long, probably. And uh, uh, I mentioned the, that's the truth. <laughs> you've got like you, you rattled off the top name schools in, in, in the conference that I'm sure they're all recognizable names to people in the area here, but I, it's interesting to hear you say that those are sometimes less, you know, stressful for you or those games, because you can probably coach a perfect game against a PVI or somebody and, and still potentially lose. Uh, whereas, you know, some of these other schools, like if guys aren't ready uh, and you lose a game, like you said, that you're not expected to, it, it's, um, it's an interesting dynamic. I wouldn't have thought that, but it makes sense here. And you say that. Thank um, you're also a DC native. so you know, you know, as well as, as anybody, um, that the basketball area, this is a basketball area. And and so I was going back and forth with somebody on Twitter the other day about, you know, whether DC is a basketball town or not. And this, I mostly cover the wizards and and maybe we're not, uh, as big locally as some of the other sports teams, but DC is a basketball town to me. It's just at the other levels. I, I would imagine you've got full gyms, especially when you play some of these other premier institutions, I think, Hopefully both Maryland and Georgetown are on the way back up and, you know, may not be a pro basketball town as much at the moment, but I don't think that means that DC isn't a basketball town overall. I'd just love to get your perspective on it. Well, it definitely is a DC. DC is definitely a basketball town. You know, if, if you're judging it based on our, our NBA squad, some may, may beg to differ, but if you go start with the grassroots mm-hmm. and that's for me, it's high, you know, AAU and high school. Yeah. So you look at the grassroots in basketball across the country, um, it's premier. 
it's at the top. So it's top 10, top 25. Um, you look at the AAU organizations in our area and at all age group levels, if they're going to tournaments, somebody from Team Takeover, DC Premier, uh, Team Durant, uh, New World, which are probably the four big shoe companies, mm-hmm. um, they're in the mix battling for championships. And they've got high, high level, high, 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 you know, high level kids who are who are most of the time being sought after by us when they get to high school to play for us. And then they continue playing with those organizations. But it's not even just the shoe branding teams. You look at it, look at a team like uh, the district. Uh, they play like on the, on the hoop group, what would be the hoop group circle. So you would say like that's like the 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 low major division one, maybe. Um, but those guys and teams like them are always in the hunt when they're in tournaments and you hear those names, um, you know, chasing championships. And then now you look at the change in the landscape of college basketball. We've had a major group of coaches changing at almost every major Mm -hmm. uh, university here in the DMV. And, and, you know, I think you see um, an excitement about what is, is about to come down at Georgetown. Down at you know at down at Maryland, um, you know you got a guy like Chris Caputo coming back and being the head coach who was a part of a you know the final four run with Coach Larinaga and now he's back in the area at GW. You got a player who played on that team against with the Chris coached and Tony, Tony Stanton, Stanton, yeah. now coming back to Mason, and then you got a guy who played at Maryland and played at the Matha, arguably the the biggest name high school in all of high school basketball, and Dwayne Simpkins now taking over at American. So I think you've got already a wealth of talent on the men's and the women's side because I didn't. We haven't even talked about the girls' side. Sure. Girls' basketball is definitely the best in in the, in the country yeah. coming from the DMV. But um, now you add all that, like it's going to be really fun over the next, in my opinion, over the next few years, watching the landscape of the DMV as it pertains to basketball at, at, at a lot of levels. And and then there was, you know, they, they, they're making some changes. Think so. and, and and I think they're I think they're about to make some changes in the right direction that that can get them going again and hopefully get them back in a situation to be a team that can chase and go after make make some playoff runs and hopefully go after another world title at some point. Uh, fingers crossed for that. Uh, selfishly, I hope that uh, that would be a fun thing to get to cover along the way here. So uh, thank you for the perspective there because that's exactly where I kind of landed on all this. And it, it feels like the excitement is growing here locally, especially with all the, the names you mentioned there. I think all those programs are are on the way up. And then obviously at your level, you, you guys have been great for years anyway. I, I think your conference is so interesting because realistically, the fourth place team in the WCAC could be a top 25 team nationally. And I can't imagine there's another high school league where that's the case. I mean, the sad part for it is us is, is like, there's probably going to be three of us that start in the top 25. Yeah. But we'll probably only be one left when the season's over because we're going to beat each other yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. And, and that part, that part is the part that stinks. Mm-hmm. But, but, but at the same time, it's exciting and it's what keeps our league so strong and continue to grow as you see all these new type of leagues emergence, emerging where there's kind of more of a somewhat AAU flavor as you look mm-hmm. at, you know, the NIBC where kids are coming from all over the country to come to certain schools. But it, but it's, but for me, you look at what's still traditional high school. There's nothing greater than the WCC. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Uh, one of your former players, Chris Jenkins, hit arguably one of the 
biggest shots in college basketball history. I mean, I don't think that's hyperbole. It's the biggest shot. Yeah. I would say I, I, I'm, I honestly, I'm with you. I mean, it, it definitely in recent memory um, for Villanova to beat uh, North Carolina in the 2016 championship game. When that shot went in, did you tell people I taught him that? Cause I would definitely take some amount of credit for something like that. So, so I didn't tell him I taught him that because the person that taught him that was his mom. Okay. Um, I mean, Chris has got an interesting story as it pertains to shooting. His mom would not let him shoot three pointers until he perfected his form and his ability to make shots inside the three. So I take no credit for Chris's ability to shoot the ball. Gotcha. I definitely take credit as, as being his coach and, and, and being one of the guys that I was blessed to have an opportunity to coach. It's funny though, but because I was in a moment when that happened. I was at a place called the Four Corners Pub mm-hmm. over there by over there by the by Blair High School. Yeah. And I was there with my wife and we were at the table watching that championship game. And I felt like it was one of those surreal moments where you where, where everything almost stops and you feel like you're like just stuck in time. Sure. And I remember when he let it go, I jumped up. And, and it was in, huh? And I said it. And I said, that's good. That's and cool. the gentleman next to me, I mean, and you're talking split seconds, but the gentleman next to me before it went through the rim, so how do you feel like that? And once it went through the net, I said, because that's my kid. And I <laughs> see, those, my exact, those are my exact words. Yeah. And in his senior year, that same spot, similar, not similar play, but that same spot, Chris had made five different game winners from that type of a, from that spot. So I knew when he let it go, I knew it was good. There was no doubt in my mind that shot was, was going down. That's pretty cool. Um, obviously rooting for him locally during that moment. Uh, I was so hyped for him. So I got to imagine that's next level for, for you to get to see that. It was really cool. And then, you know, he does it against his brother, Nate, yeah. then Nate, comes, Nate comes back and wins it the next year with Carolina. And then we got a third kid that year, or a third ring young man, get a ring. Uh, uh, Bradley Jackson is now mm-hmm. currently an assistant coach at the college level. Um, he won the division three championship that year that Nate did with uh, bats. So being able to have three national championships out of this program um, is, is pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, also in the comment, it never makes no sense that uh, corner pub has good pizza. I have definitely done that after post game on a, after a Friday night basketball game. So I, I definitely vouch for that. He's telling the truth. Uh, you got Chris, you've got Tyler Thornton, you've got Judah Mintz, uh, you've got Prentice hub, Chris likes, uh, Terrence Williams. I mean, I could literally just keep and, doing and, this for, and I'm glad you said Tyler. Cause I left that, that, I left that group out, um, as the, as the college programs. I mean, look at, he's down there at Howard, yeah. uh, working with Kenny Blakeney who's mm-hmm. a the math, the math guy. No, I won't hold that against Kenny because <laughs> he's taking care. He's got one of my guys with him taking care of, but the run that they made last year. So yeah, that's great. You, you look at all, everything that's been infused in the DMV college level. You got a lot of DMV homegrown guys mm-hmm. being a part of those programs. And, and it's, again, it's, it's, it's exciting, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't no, the, the, no, that's I, honestly I, where I, I was going to go with that. I had like, to give some love to, to T-Bone and what, what he's doing and helping uh, Kenny build down there at Howard. He just seemed like one of those guys while you watched him play college basketball. I was like, Oh yeah, this guy will be a coach at some point at some level. Like he obviously like the floor general stereotype there, but like, he just played like in, in such a way that you could see him understanding the game. And I, you know, I, I wondered if he was like that, uh, you know, in high school already, or that's something that he kind of grew into over time. Nah, he was like that in middle school. Um, <laughs> um, big part of why I went after trying to bring him in mm-hmm. to be, be a part of our program. And 
I just saw so much of him as he was, he's such a leader and, and he's a guy, he's a Pied Piper. He's that guy that brings everybody together and holds people accountable. I remember when he came in his freshman year, we're playing, it's around this time of the year, we're in fall, fall workouts and he and someone get into a scuffle. And I remember, you know, as a coach in the moment, you got to be who you are, break it up. Calm the guys down, chastise them. We're not having this. But a true story, I tapped my assistant coach at the time, Juan Hill, on the shoulder and said, Juan, meet me in the hallway. And the two of us, Juan must have already knew what I was going to say. And the two of us, I mean, we're jumping around like two kids at the candy store. Because we're like, all right, we got got the guy that's going to be able to lead the ship and and command the things that we've been asking the guys and that's who Tyler was as a freshman and all the way through his senior year and, you know, and doing the same th- type of things when he was down there playing for Coach K. Um, I have to say I give Tyler so much credit because he's a big part of the start of my career in terms of um, bringing this program back to the top of the league mm-hmm. and, and, and a part of setting a culture that we continue to sustain that has kept us at the top of the league. Yeah, that, that that's great to hear too, because I, I think that's really where I, I wanted to go with that is just those names I rattled off are at the top levels of college basketball, you know, either were or currently still are for some of them. You know, um, somebody like Judah is a pro prospect, you know, probably in next year's draft, I would imagine. Were there any like shared traits that those guys all had that that has led them to be so successful? Is there like a common thread or or something that you looked for? that you found in all of them that that's kind of led to that level of success work ethic. Mm. I yeah. don't have this work, work, work ethic. Those, the yeah. guys that you name, they worked the hardest for me mm-hmm. and, and they pushed others. And they also did it all did a very good job of bringing others with them. Um, they were leaders. I mean, you look at pretty much all the names you named. I don't, I don't know that any of them didn't become a college captain um and that's something you know coach myers who i i took over for took a lot of pride in um how many captains he's ever had um play underneath him here at gonzaga and and i continued that tradition and every young man that you've named became a captain at the college level and 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 that i think that speaks to their work ethic and their ability to be leaders and as you look at them in their walk of life they're all continued they continue it even as they're doing different things off the court. I would imagine that for any team to be, you know, as successful as you think it can be or to maximize, it, it probably has to come from more than just you guys as the coaching staff, but also from some of the players. So being able to have people like that in the locker room probably makes your life a little easier, I would imagine. Well, I continue, I continue to preach this to our kids every single year. My best teams, player-led. Yeah. I mean, I, certainly I'm overseeing it and, and and implementing certain plays and, you know, pushing them in certain ways. But when we've been great and we've been great a lot, but at our greatest moments, player led teams. Makes sense. Does it help to have guys like that, that are still kind of on college basketball courts at the highest level that, that your players now see play and be able to point to them and say, this guy did this and he worked harder than you're working currently. Like, this is what you need to do to get to that level. Like the kids, does that sink in with them? I guess you know I probably use the players that played before them because I okay. try to get them to understand. It's like you know, every year I think our our guys get some unbelievable added benefits, but they 
but they came from the shoulders that they stand on. Mm-hmm. And I try my best to try to bring those guys back as whenever That's we can, cool. or when they stop in, I de- definitely want them to talk to those guys or, you know, if there's a guy that I feel like was like somebody and maybe there's something that's missing from them, I try to bring that guy in maybe to speak to that young man or I find out who their idols are yeah, uh, that's a good call. And, and, and who is it that you want to, you know, you know, pattern your game behind. Sure. And and I talk about, you know, what it is and what people say about them, which made them great and try to get them to understand if you want to be anything like those guys, here's what you have to do. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, as someone with your track record that you have and the level of success you've had, I've got to imagine you've had opportunities to to jump to the college level and things like that if you'd have wanted to. I guess what makes you want to stay at Gonzaga and has made you want to be, you know, continuing to do this is I'm sure the job gets a little tougher some years and, and things like that. Like why still Gonzaga, I guess. I believe I've been put on this earth to serve and I, I get to serve at the best high school in the country awesome. and, and there's nothing like it. I mean, I'll be honest and there's, you know, there's nothing like being your own boss. Sure. That's Have I mean. ever looked at it? I'll be honest with you. No one's ever come and laid a contract in my face that I, that I, could, that I yeah. couldn't say no to. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I think there's probably people who question, well, you know, does he really ever want to leave? And, uh, you know, my dream has always been to 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 do like Coach Myers did, re- retire from here. Mm-hmm. But but you know, we're in an unbelievable changing landscape. Sure. I, I'm certainly open to hearing anything, but my heart right now bleeds purple, and I've got an unbelievable group of young men that I want to go try to win a couple more championships with. That's awesome. You talked a little bit about the schedule. Um, I definitely want to come check out a game in person this year. Uh, where can people like me who want to come see Gonzaga play basketball? When, when, where, how, when does the season start? All that good stuff. There's nothing like, I mean, if you watch college hoops, this is little Cameron. Yeah. Um, our student body's unbelievable. Um, it's, it's, there's nothing like playing the packed house, um, win or lose, um, in the Carmody Center here on I Street. So, Matt, I would tell you, don't go and watch us at somebody else's gym. You'll have a ticket to any of the games you want. If it's one of the big ones, I promise you will have a seat in that gym. I will take you up on that. I think it'll be worth you coming down and and, and experiencing what the atmosphere is, what the brotherhood is that is is I Street Hoops. Um, And we'd love to have you in in here anytime you want. So for those who want to see us, Anywhere in the WCAC is a great place to see us. But this year, our team will be doing some good traveling. Uh, we head to Chicago first weekend in December, and we're going to play in an event called the Chicago League Classic, which I think is one of the best-run events in the country. Uh, we're going to play at Hoop Hall, uh, Springfield, over the Martin Luther King. We're going to play on Sunday this year. Um, uh, I think our opponent's going to be Hudson Catholic, um, who we beat last year in New York, so I know they're coming back for blood. Um, our own tournament, the DC Classic, which is the second weekend of December. It's the 8th to the 10th. And we're bringing in some really, really good teams from out of town, along with some great talented teams here locally. Our local teams will be us, of course, uh, Georgetown Prep, Jackson Reed, who's been arguably the best team in the inner high over the last seven, eight years. Um, I'm having an opportunity to bring back two of my former coaches and uh, Devin Williams over at St. John's Catholic Prep, 
who's up in the MIAA, and and another MIAA team in uh, Pilate High School, where one of my assistants who just just left me became the head head coach. And then our three teams from out of the area, or I should say out of the state anyway, um, Christ the King, traditional power out of New York, mm-hmm. Whitney Young, traditional power out of Chicago, and Archbishop Bryan, who's got a young man uh, heading to play for Coach Cooley at Georgetown a year from a year from now. And uh, that's Archbishop Ryan out of Philly. So going to be a heck of a tournament. Firepower there. Some some unbelievable games. No gimmies. You better be ready to prepare and be ready for the teams that you're going to play every single night. You know, there's some teams that are going to walk out of here 3-0. And there's going to be a team that walks out of here 0-3. And then some teams that are 2-1 and 1-2. and So I think we put together a good slate that gives all the teams an opportunity to have some great competition to prepare themselves as they go into their league play in January. Then we're heading down for Christmas to a tournament that's had a long-standing tradition, uh, the King Cotton Classic, and mm-hmm. the uh, in the, in the uh, talent level that they put there has been is going to be a great one. Ourselves, St. Francis from Baltimore, Archbishop Wood from Philly, um, uh, Duncanville. They've been yeah, a top five <laughs> program for the last five years. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Catholic, uh, Pine Bluff is the host team. We got St. Joe's coming from California. Um, there's another uh, Christian team, uh, Arkansas Christian, I believe is. It's got a couple high major D1 guys out at, at Arkansas. So I'm just going to put my guys as much as I can into some That's unbelievable great. situations to help them be prepared for the best league in the country, which is the WCAC. Yeah, that's a trial by fire, non-conference season there. Yeah, I, I think. No, no other choice. I mean, I, yeah. I wouldn't do it any other way. And, and I want to be able to, especially in the landscape, as I said, high yeah. school kids are starting to get to be forgotten. I need to make sure that they're in places where they get a chance to be noticed and, and and have an opportunity to be seen by by all the colleges all over the country. For anyone listening to this that didn't recognize some of those names, just picture your favorite college basketball players over the last couple of years. They probably played at one of those couple of programs. I mean, that's that's a, a gauntlet to go through. Um, and I'm sure a lot of that information, the schedule and things are posted on the Gonzaga website. So I'll link to that uh, in the episode description here. So if you're listening to this and you want to check out more info, you'll be able to get that. Uh, Coach, as I understand it, um, you're also getting ready to start a podcast of your own. I'm sure all the hoop junkies like me listening to this have found this super insightful. So if they want to get uh, you know continued insight from you and, and hear more about this kind of stuff, where can they find the podcast? What's, what's the goal with it? What's the flavor? All that kind of stuff. So, I, you know, when the pandemic hit, uh, myself and at that time, our head lacrosse coach, Casey O'Neill, mm-hmm. we started, we started, we decided to do a podcast together. We had three strong, really strong seasons and brought in some unbelievable guests. And, mm-hmm. and we didn't just talk hoops. We talked life. We mm-hmm. talked everything that was going on in the pandemic itself. Um, Black Lives Matter, when that was going on, the women's movement. Um, we've had, we had some of the best high school athletes on to people in the professional profession um, to people who are non non athletes and and in different different careers and paths, so it'll continue to be a podcast. It's a little bit of everything, still with a premise around sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but a uh, couple of the places, like we'll be back on all the major podcast platforms. We got to re kind of re up getting that back going. But immediate places that you can follow us on Instagram at Turner O'Neill Podcast. Okay. Again, that's at T U R N E R. O N I E L L podcast. And then on Twitter, turn on podcast, T U R N O N podcast. And those, those will get you to the links of where we'll, we'll, we'll host our, 
post our uh, our shows um, to our website as as well as to YouTube. And I'll put both of those in the episode description as well for people to to make it easy for them to find them. And and obviously I'll be retweeting and things like that along the way. And um, I look forward to checking that out too. I appreciate it. Uh, Coach, any other final thoughts or parting shots you want to leave uh, DMB Hoops fans with before we get out of here? Um, I, I can tell you, not not only is the WCAC great, there are two other high school conferences in this area that are really, really good. And and high school basketball is, 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 is probably the best ticket in cheap ticket in town. Yeah. Yep. Um, because you bargain there. Um, so if, if you're looking for an opportunity to see some, some young men and women showcase their talents, get out to some of these high school games this year, whether it be the private leagues, the public leagues, you've got to, you've got to, you're in a city where basketball is very, very fruitful. Um, in, 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 in the opportunity to be able to see some great competition and unbelievable talent, uh, take it, take full advantage of it. Certainly love to have you down here on I street, um, checking out my guys and, and our program. And certainly I, I know you let me plug our, our podcast, but I'm going to plug our, plug our, our team places where you can follow Gonzaga, um, on IG Gonzaga purple hoops and on Twitter at Gonzaga hoops. And if you want to just follow good old coach Turner, I'm on IG at coach Steve Turner. Um, love to have you follow. Certainly we'll continue to put out as much good content and I'll, and I'm open book. If there's ever anything anyone wants to uh, have an opportunity to come out and see a practice, uh, just wants to get, get, get in and chop up hoops or chop up the DMV, uh, feel free to reach out to me. That's awesome. You've been incredibly generous with your time here. I didn't mean to keep you for the full hour, but it was just so good. I couldn't break it off. I love it. I love it. So Matt, man, I I appreciate all that you do and thank thank you for bringing me on. And if there's ever anything I can do for you or, or help you out with it, don't have, don't ever hesitate to ask. Yeah. Vice versa. Again, I want to promote the the school, the program, you, the the podcast, all that good stuff. So we'll we'll definitely continue to to check in here along the way. Thank you for doing this. Everybody, uh, like, like I said at the beginning here, this is as good as it gets for for high school basketball coaching in the country. So um, I hope you learned a lot from this. And uh, Coach Turner, thank you again. For everybody, this has been Believe in DMV Hoops. It's under the Believe in Wizards umbrella. So hopefully you like this kind of a spinoff pod. And uh, remember to rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We are presented by betonline.ag, and we will catch you all next time.